ಅಥತ್ರಿಚತ್ವಾರಿಂಶಸ್ಸರ್ಗಹಾಸ್ಪಿನ್ಸೋಂಗುಷ್ಠಾಗ್ರನಿಪೀಡಿತಾಂ ಶಿರಸಾಧಾರಯಶ್ಯಾಮಿಶೈಲರಾಜಸುತಾಮಹಂತೈಮಧೂಪಂತ್ವಾಗಂಚದುಸ್ಸಹಂ ತಸ್ಯಾವಲೇಪನಂಜ್ಞಾತ್ವಾಕ್ರುದ್ಧಸ್ತು ತತ್ರೈವಾಬ್ರಹ್ಮದೇವೀ ಸಂವತ್ಸರಗಣಾನ್ ಬಹೂನ್ ತಾಮ ಪಶ್ಯತ್ ಪುನಸ್ತತ್ರ ತಪಃಪರಮಸ್ಥಿತ ಸತೇನತೋಷಿತಶ್ಚಾಸೀದ್ಯಂತಂ ರಘುನಂದನ ವಿಸರ್ಜದೋ ಗಂಗಾ ಹರೋ ಬಿಂದುಸರಃ ಪ್ರತಿ ತಸ್ಯಾಸೃಜ್ಯಮಾಜ್ಞಿರೇ ಹ್ಲಾದಿನೀ ಪಾವನೀ ಚೈವ ನಲಿನೀ ಚ ತಥೈವ ತಿಸ್ರಶ್ಚೈವಸೀತಾಚಸಿಂಧುಶ್ಚೈವಮಹಾನದೀಸ್ರಶ್ಚೈತಾಶಂಜಗ್ಬಪ್ರತೀಚ
ಶಾಪಾತ್ಪತಿತಾಯೇಚಗಗನಾತ್ಪಸುಧಾತಲಂಕೃತ್ವಾತ್ರಾಭಿಷೇಕಂತೆ ಭಗೀರಥೋಹಿರಾಜರ್ಷಿರ್ದಿವ್ಯಂಸ್ಯಂದನಮಾಸ್ಥಿತಃ ಯೋ ಭಗೀರಥೋ ರಾಜಶಸ್ವಿನೀ ಜಗಾಮಸರಿತ್ರೇಷ್ಠಾಪ್ರಣಾಶಿನೀ ತಮಸ್ಯಜ್ಹೋರದ್ಭುತಕರ್ಮಣ ಗಂಗಾಸಂಪ್ಲಾವಯಾಸಯಜ್ಞವಾಟ ಮಹಾತ್ಮನ ತಸ್ಯಾವಲೇಪನ ಜಹ್ನಶ್ಚರಾಘವ ಅಪಿಪತ್ತು ಜಲಂಗಾಭುತ ತೋದೇವಾಸ್ಸಗಂಧರ್ವಾಷಯಸ್ತುಸ್ಮಿತಜ್ಞಸುತಾಗಂಗಾಪ್ರೋಚ್ಯಜಾಹ್ನವೀ
the tradition goes. The said Ganga, who is all-glorious and most difficult to sustain, thought within herself, Wafting Lord Shankara along, my, along with my stream, I might as well enter Patala. Enraged to perceive her arrogance, the three-eyed Lord Shankara, the destroyer of the universe, for his part forthwith made up his mind to conceal her in the midst of his matted locks. Fallen on the holy head of Lord Rudra, thick with coils of matted hair and resembling the Himalayas in its colossal size, O Rama, that sacred river could in no way reach the earth even though it made every effort to do so. Revolving in the coils of his matted locks, it did not find an egress even on reaching their end. The divine stream continued to meander on his head alone for several rounds of years. Bhagiratha saw it there and took to supreme asceticism once more. Lord Shiva felt extremely pleased with that, O scion of Raghu. Thereupon Lord Shiva, the destroyer of the universe, let fall the Ganga into the Bindusara, a lake in the region of the Himalayas attributed to Brahma. While the river was being released, it got split up into seven streams. Of these, Three blessed streams of the Ganga, consisting of delightful waters, the Hladini, Pavani and even so Nalini too, ran in an easterly direction. Again, Suchakshu and Sita and even so the great river Sindhu, these three, consisting of blessed waters, flowed in a westerly direction. Again, the seventh of them forthwith followed the chariot of Bhagiratha. Mounted on a beautiful chariot, the royal sage Bhagiratha too, invested with unique splendor, marched ahead and the Ganga, really speaking, followed him. In this way, the holy river descended from the heavens to the head of Lord Shankara and came down from there to the earth and thereby justified the appellation of Tripataga or the river following a threefold path enjoyed by it. There, on the earth's surface, the water of the Ganga meandered with a terrific noise. And the earth looked exceptionally charming with its hosts of fishes and tortoises, as well as with its multitudes of sea elephants falling and already fallen along the stream on the earth's surface. At that time, seized with great bewilderment, those celestial rishis and Gandharvas, as well as the hosts of Yakshas and Siddhas and the gods stationed there in the heavens, beheld from their aerial cars, big as cities, as well as from the back of their horses and excellent elephants, the Ganga's descent on the earth from the said heavens. Eager to see the celebrated, wonderful and superb descent of the Ganga on the mortal plane, multitudes of gods possessed of infinite strength collected in the heavens. With the hosts of gods coming down with great speed and with the brilliance of their shining jewels, the cloudless firmament looked as if irradiated by hundreds of suns. Scattered on that occasion with multitudes of sea elephants and snakes, as well as with throbbing fishes, the sky appeared covered with streaks of lightning. There were volumes of white foam that were being tossed about. In numberless particles, the vault of heavens looked as if overcast with autumnal waterless, and hence white clouds 
and crowded with flocks of flying swans. The Ganga now flowed very swiftly, now tortuously, now it broadened out and now again narrowed down when forcing its way through a ravine. Now it was tossed high when dashed against a rock and now it glided. Now buffeted by the waves of the same water indeed, when turned back by the wind, the water of the Ganga spouted upwards once more and dashed to the ground again. First fallen on the head of Lord Shankara and again dropped on the earth's surface, the limpid water of the Ganga, which rids those who come in contact with it of all sin, shone bright on that occasion. On that spot, hosts of rishis and Gandharvas, as well as the inhabitants of the globe, touched, sipped the water fallen from the person of Lord Shiva, the source of the universe, as purifying. Those who had fallen from the heavens to the terrestrial plane through a curse were rid of their sin, responsible for the curse, by bathing in it. Having been rid of their sin through the very touch of that water, and further invested with merit, they ascended once more to the heavens and returned to their respective realms. Already delighted with the very sight of that sparkling water and rid of their sin by having bathed in the Ganga, people rejoiced all the more. Mounted on a charming chariot, Emperor Bhagiratha, the royal sage, drove ahead while the Ganga followed at his heels. Full of delight, all gods, including hosts of rishis, as well as daityas, dhanavas and ogres, the foremost among Gandharvas and yakshas, including kinnaras and the great nagas, as well as serpents and celestial nymphs, as also all species of aquatic creatures that existed, followed the Ganga, keeping behind Bhagiratha's chariot. The illustrious Ganga the foremost of all rivers, which is capable of eradicating all sins, followed in whatever direction Bhagiratha drove. Proceeding from there, it is said, the Ganga actually inundated the sacrificial ground of the high-souled sage Janu, the worker of miracles, who had been performing a sacrifice. Janu felt enraged to perceive the pride of Ganga, O sign of Raghu, and drank up by dint of his yogic power all the water of the Ganga, which was a supreme miracle indeed. Highly astonished, the gods, including the Gandharvas and Rishis, thereupon glorified the high-souled Chanu, the foremost among men, and reduced the Ganga to the position of a daughter of that exalted soul by prevailing upon him to eject the Ganga. Pleased at that, the powerful sage, invested as he was with exceptional glory, discharged the Ganga through his ears. Hence, the Ganga is spoken of as a daughter of Janu and called by the name of Janavi, descended from Janu. The Ganga once more followed in the wake of Bhagiratha's chariot and duly reached the excavation made by Sagara's sons and filled it. Then, that foremost of rivers forced its way into Rasatala, the penultimate subterranean region for consummating the feat of Bhagiratha, the deliverance of his departed forebears. Leading the Ganga with superhuman effort to Rasatala as aforesaid, the royal sage Bhagiratha too beheld his great-grand-uncles reduced to ashes and fainted, as it were, partly from grief and partly from exhaustion. 
the most sacred water of the Ganga, forthwith submerged the heaps of their ashes, and purged of their sin, the souls of Sagara's departed sons ascended to heaven, O jewel among the Raghus. Thus ends Canto 43 in the Balakanda of the glorious Ramayana of Valmiki, the work of a Rishi and the oldest epic.